Jalen Brown was good, but he could be even better. Grant Williams not feeling the pressure and lessons Kemba Walker and the Celtics have learned that could be applied to the playoffs. Tom Westerholm joins the show to talk about it. It's a Friday Locked On Celtics. Millie's Let's Go! Rainy Jays back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. It's the best way. Melly. It's Friday. The Boston Celtics getting ready to take on the Detroit Pistons in a couple of games back-to-back at home. Not back-to-back, but two games at home before the Christmas Day game on the road. But uh, I'm here. John Corrales here from MassLive.com, joined by my partner on the beat from MassLive.com, Tom Westerholm, to get uh, a little more in-depth about the Celtics and the Mavericks uh, after the game. It was super, super late, and I don't even know if I made any sense in that podcast, but... I did, I did it, and now I rewatched the game. We rewatched the game. We're going to dive a little bit more into what we saw. So, first of all, Tom, how you doing? It's been a been a little bit uh, been a minute since you've been on the show. Yeah, I'm good, man. I've uh, I got a couple of days off here in the middle of December, and uh, it's it nice, felt pretty right? good. It felt pretty good, and then I came back, and all the Celtics were uh, either injured or in the hospital or eyeless. Like, yeah. does Marcus Smart still have eyes? I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, there. Isn't there like uh I don't know. Are you are you a comic book guy? You're one of those like, uh, uh, isn't there like a blind one that does things? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, Daredevil, Daredevil. Yeah. Okay. So there yeah. we go. So Marcus Smart's gonna be like the Daredevil. This is me being like super young, appealing to the kids. <laughs> I don't feel like Daredevil is a particularly like young person superhero anyway. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so yeah, everybody's, everybody's broken. Although, uh, Danny Ainge did say on the radio, uh, on Thursday that he's hoping that Marcus Smart is back for Christmas, which is good. Um, Gordon Hayward was listed as questionable for the game against the Pistons. So not out. It's hard to say exactly what's going on there. Um, are you as worried about that as, as I am? I am, actually. Um, you know, I just think, like, this is, you know, it's not that I'm worried and that I don't, like, that I think that this is going to be, like, something that, that really, you know, hinders him. I, I just feel like anytime, any anytime you come back from an injury, you expect a certain amount of, you know, a, a certain amount of time to, like, recover, a certain amount of time to recuperate. And, you know, he's had a lot of that. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't take every you know, minute that he needs to, to, to get his body right. Obviously he should. Um, but I do think that it's like, I mean, like these types of injuries just feel like they keep hanging around, um, for him. And I, I don't know. It's, uh, obviously we don't know anything. Um, we're not doctors. We, we haven't seen anything. If we saw some, if we saw like an x-ray, it wouldn't mean anything to us anyway. But I mean, it does feel a little, I don't know. It, it feels a little bit worrisome. Um, you know, definitely something, definitely something to monitor, uh, you know, going forward, I think here. Yeah. I, I, I wish we knew a little bit more. Hopefully we'll find out more at yeah. shoot around on, uh, in the morning. By the time people listen to this, we might know more. Yeah. So, 
Who knows? Uh, so as the Celtics try to get healthy during what's going to be a just brutal, brutal stretch, um, we have to, to look back at a, a really, honestly, a nice win at 109-103, uh, beating the Dallas Mavericks. Sure, the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, they didn't have Luka Doncic, which is a, a, a big deal. But the Celtics were also shorthanded. Um, it, yeah, John, uh, it's a big deal that they didn't have an MVP candidate. Uh, hey, but, listen, man, the uh, the analytics say that the Mavericks are better when uh, Luka Doncic is off the court. So yes, that's true. That's who's true. who's to say here? Right. <laughs> I mean, the numbers are what they are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yes, it meant more to the Mavericks that they were without Luka, I think, than it meant to the Celtics being without Gordon. And yes. Marcus Smart. I mean, they have, they still had three guys before the game. Rick Carlisle called them, you know, potential all-stars. Um, yeah. and, and which is true. So that, that helps them a lot more than, you know, whatever the Mavericks are throwing out there. So first things first, why don't you, what, what are your first impressions here from, from that, that win in Dallas? I think my biggest takeaway and going back and rewatching it again, I think one of my biggest takeaways is just how like like, you know, you mentioned the, the you know, the potential all stars, how all star ish Jalen Brown is at this point. Like he has been like just so good, so in control in ways that he hasn't been in the past. We've talked about it a million times, but like it just it feels like. Not only is he like good, not only is he in control, he is like a okay, you know, Celtics really need a bucket. Um, you know, like Jalen can probably like Jalen can try to get you something. Or like you can run Jalen off an action that will get him something good. Um and like that happened, you know, sometimes in previous years, you know, especially obviously during the, you know, we've talked about it a million times, especially during the, the twenty eighteen playoff run, but it's just happening so much more consistently this year. And I think that was one of my biggest um, you know, takeaways was just that he, you know, he can muscle his way around the rim. He can muscle his way into the mid range. It's, I, I hesitate to make the, like, I'm not comparing him to Kawhi, but there is something Kawhi ish about the way that he can, you know, just use, like, use almost his shoulders, use just like that, you know, that frame to, to clear space for himself to, to get a shot off. And I don't know, man. I just, I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see who gets all star picks. We'll see who doesn't. But I think, I really think Jalen is playing at that level where not only is it not crazy, it's like he, he, he very much belongs in the conversation. I, I don't think that's a hot take anymore by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it might just be like, you know, a whatever take, but that was, that was my <laughs> first, uh, my first thing coming away from that game. Yeah. So I, I'm with you in that Jalen, you can, you can, if Jalen is the guy taking a shot in an important stretch, it's not like, Oh shit. Uh, what, 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 how did that happen? It's, it's more like, okay, that's, that's probably a good look where depending on the look, obviously, but like if they've, if you've run an offense and Jalen Brown's taking an in rhythm shot, be it a three, uh, fade away, something in the post, I feel good about it. It's, it's got a good chance of going in. So that's great. My really in rewatching the game, I thought that he on offense had his stretches where he was fantastic, but he could have been so much better in that game that he dropped 26 points and nine rebounds. And I thought that he could have been even better in that game. And I, I, there are a couple of things that I noticed, and I'm sure I'm going to get a ton of shit from people who think I hate Jalen Brown. And I'm nitpicking <laughs> him already. Uh, I thought defensively, after the game, Brad Stevens said we were awful, which I think was an, really an overstatement because I think he was pissed about the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, 
Jalen Brown took responsibility for a lot of that. And I think some of that was true because he bit on every freaking pump fake. Like, yeah. he, he continues to do that. So that's, that's still an issue. But I, I don't know if you noticed, but there were probably a handful of times where like Daniel Tice was looking at Jalen Brown and trying to direct him on the offense. Like, I don't know if you saw that at all, but there were times where it felt like Jalen Brown wasn't kind of like present. And then all of a sudden he got the ball and was like, okay, I'm going to go score now. So yeah. he had, he had a fantastic game. And I feel like if he was just a little bit, I don't know what was going on, but if he was still a, a, even a little bit more engaged, he could have had like a 35 point game and been like Mr. Shutdown. And and I say all of this saying that he did a pretty decent job on Porzingis when he got matched up. Like he had he had a good game, but he could have yeah. had a great game. Well, and I think that that actually, you know, that's kind of to in a, in a roundabout way. That's almost to my point, which is that like you and it's also to your point where people who are going to come at you and be like, you're a Jalen hater. Like, no, the exact opposite. Like you're saying that a guy who had 26 points you know, who was one of three guys who scored 82 of his team's points. Like he was one of the go-to guys. Yes. Um, you are saying this guy can be better. Mm -hmm. Like that is not, that is not a, that's not riffing Jalen Brown. That's saying, listen, man, like not only like you're playing at an all-star level when you are, you know, 80% of what you could be right right now. And like, and you're starting to, and he's starting to realize, you know, his potential. You're a thousand percent right about the defense. Um, you know, I, and I think you're right about, Stevens kind of overplaying it a little bit for effect, but you know, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there were plenty of mistakes and, and you're right about Jalen biting on pump fakes, but um, yeah, I mean, to your point, he could be so much better and that should concern other teams in the Eastern conference, because if he can get better, we sort of have a demonstrated track record that if Jalen Brown can get better, Jalen Brown is going to get better. So I would, you know, I would, I would expect that he will. Um, and you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a really good player. Jalen Brown is good. <laughs> Jalen Brown is good. That is a true fact. Um, and, and really, I, I think you made a great point there that if there's a possibility for Jalen Brown to get better, he has proven that he will get better. So, you know, that, that is an, a very accurate statement by you. And as evidenced by eight for eight from the free throw line. Yeah. Including a very key stretch. Uh, I, I forget what it was. It was in the, was in the second quarter where the, it was, it was yeah. where he hit like six, six of them. Um, that was, that was a very important stretch, uh, for the Celtics and Jalen doesn't usually do that. So I got to give him like real credit for getting to that point and, and improving his free throws. Now he's shooting somewhere around 76%. That's, yeah. that's amazing for where he's been. And afterwards he kind of talked about like, well, I feel more comfortable and there's, you know, that kind of goes along with it. And I wonder if that's just now his, his role. He, he knows that, look, I'm a starter. I'm going to get my 30 something minutes a game, maybe some, maybe more, some games, maybe a little less, whatever, but like, I'm going to get my 30 some odd minutes. I know yep. I'm going to play with these guys. Like I, I'm not worried about, anything else and then he can get to the free throw line and finish these things off which goes back to part of the point that I was making earlier Jalen Brown 
if I can, if there's any one way to sum up my, any criticism of Jalen Brown, really, it goes with the pump fakes, goes with the defensive lapses, goes with not being whatever was happening there offensively. Jalen Brown kind of gets in his own head a little bit on the court. And, yeah. and, and maybe thinks too much on the court. Sometimes maybe his mind wanders or something. And, and, and that's, that's still something that happens. Um, and having, eliminating some of that is part of why now you get to the free throw line and your mind is focused on just hitting that shot versus, well, what, you know, whatever else is going through his mind in that moment. So I really think that the mental part of the game is the Biggest obstacle to Jalen Brown, and you see it in his free throws. Now that he's comfortable, that part of the men- mental part of the game is is kind of getting out of his head, and and it's improving. It, that that's where the improvement is showing itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I, you and I have been joking about this a little bit, uh, just like in person, because every time, it, it, like every time Jalen takes a second at the free throw line to steady himself, and like, you know, it, it takes that extra split second to, to, before he shoots the free throw. Like, I swear he shoots like 98% on those free throws. <laughs> it's like, if he is, if he's calm, if he just takes a minute, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like you can physically see him taking that sort of steadying breath. If he takes it, I feel like, you know, anecdotally, obviously, maybe, maybe at some point I'll get bored enough to go through and watch all of Jalen Brown's free throws and time them. But, um, you know, that, that, but that's the thing. Like, if he takes his time, if he shoots his free throws, um, you know, after, after a couple of seconds and, and one big breath, I feel like he makes you know, such a good percentage of them. It's, it's, it's constant. Um, and you know, I think that, I think that goes to your point. I, I think that if he, you know, if he doesn't get in his own head, if he, if he does sort of take that, that centering sort of breath, um, you know, he is, you know, a good free throw shooter. It's, it's not, you know, it's a shot that is perfectly within his wheelhouse if he takes his time. Sure. So. We, we sit next to each other in games. We just have to like do it. We just have to sit there. We really like, do. We just really have to sit there and be like, Oh, right. Here's Jalen. Break out the stopwatch on the phone and, and see. There's got to be some sort of correlation. Uh, we'll continue uh, discussing the game and move on to some of the other guys when we come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Uh, for those of you who are like me and need to get some damn sleep. Whatever it is, whether it's travel or maybe you just need a new mattress. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Uh, maybe that can be used to describe Jalen Brown. The right amounts of both sink and bounce. Uh, get a hundred bucks towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all of our other offers from our Lockdown sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I took a moment in last night's podcast to shout out Grant Williams, but I, I, I kind of want to go back to it because I thought he was a very underrated key to that win. Um, the the three that he hit, which, by the way, excited everybody on the bench again, but 
maybe what excited I don't know if you saw it, but like if you noticed when he backed down Seth Curry and and hit that little turnaround kind of push shot, um Jalen Brown loved that shot. He loved um, getting Grant into the post and scoring. I, I don't know why, but as, for some reason, I thought that was really funny that Grant just, I mean, that, that Jalen got up off the bench. He's like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He really enjoyed that post move. Uh, but it's uh, like people forget what Grant Williams was right. less than a year ago. This is what, like in college, he was a post up guy. That is like, this is what he did. You know, he was, he could hit shots like from like, 10 to 15 feet, but yeah, like he's a, you know, he's a post-up guy. He's very strong. He can back people down. Yes. If you get him in a mismatch, he can score. Uh, Kemba encouraged him to score after the game, but I, I thought defensively he, he had some real good moments. And I keep going back to that, that late possession that, um, that uh, Dallas had, they went one four and you can hear Brad Stevens say, you can switch this, you can switch this. And he switched three times and forced a miss that that could have been a shot clock violation. I thought Grant came in, and I think that was after uh, Brad pulled Tice for failing to close out. Um, I, I thought Grant was very, very important in this game, and as as Brad turned to him down the stretch, was key to holding Dallas off. You know, it's funny with Grant because I feel like – you know, we all kind of look at him, you know, as kind of, you know, he's, he's kind of the goofy guy right now. He's kind of like this, you know, he's this little like, you know, kind of like fun locker room guy who, who keeps everybody laughing and keeps us laughing. Frankly, he's such an unbelievable pleasure to work with as a media member. Um, but, you know, I, I think <laughs> there is there is something there, um, you know, beyond just, you know, this like, ooh like like feel good kind of kind of player like he's he's got. Just so much, you know, Marcus Smart, you know, the mini me thing. He's got like so, such a, such a Marcus Smart esque streak of, you know, being able to defend, you know, multiple positions, being, being so strong, being, you know, pretty intuitive. And obviously he makes a ton of defensive mistakes. And I, and we saw, I think it was like in the first quarter, like maybe one of the first possessions of the really game we saw Grant. Yeah. And like he does that all the time. And I know that drives the coaching staff crazy, but like as soon as he stops doing that type of thing, He's just, he's such a, he's such an intuitive player, just such a high IQ type defender that I think there really is something there, especially at his size, especially with his mobility, especially at his strength, where, you know, there's, I, I think there's a, a potential core rotation piece, you know, down the line that, that, um, you know, really is special to have gotten in the twenties, uh, you know, of, of a draft like last year. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, nights like last night are why the Celtics should feel very encouraged about his, you know, his sort of, sort of his progress so far. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought he was, uh, I mean, th- that's exactly right. I thought, I thought he was really important, uh, especially on a night where Ennis Cantor, <laughs> um, uh, first of all, Ennis Cantor got blocked like a hundred times in this game. <laughs> The let me see the the Mavericks had ten blocks. I think they blocked Cantor like nine of those ten times. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. Uh, and just Cantor, just for all of the good stuff that he does on the offensive end, just sometimes you watch him on the defensive end. It's like, oh, good lord. Um, and you know, I don't remember which I don't remember which one of us, one of the beat writers, tweeted it last night. So my apologies, but like somebody tweeted like. It's not that Cantor doesn't try. It is that he 
Like, cause he, he does try on the defensive end. He's not just like, you know, getting blown by with no, with, with no effort. Like, he just has no chance. Like, his, his foot speed is just not there. Like, he can't stay in front of guys. Like, there was that one play where Powell missed the layup that, I mean, he just yeah. got oh, man. roasted on it. <laughs> just and, brutal. yeah, but, and like, it wasn't that he wasn't trying. He was trying, but like, you could just see that when Powell made him have to like change directions, that it was just, there was no chance. Yeah. And, you know, I, that's, yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest problems with him. That's <laughs> breaking news from me. <laughs> I think that was uh, Jay King that did that, but okay, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't we don't give him credit on this show anymore because <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That was my apologies. Uh, it was it's that's like me bringing up Kyrie. Uh, yes, jeez, man, what the hell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Jay King did say in a podcast a year ago, "If you'll have me." Uh, Ooh, no, he didn't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jake, Jake King and I have decided that we're going to go on manufactured, uh, Twitter, Twitter wars in a very Jalen Brown, Isaiah Thomas, make fun of mm. each other's hair kind of thing. That was the entire genesis of that bald, like exchange that we had last night, um, during the game. I basically have decided I'm just going to attack him at every chance about his hair, <laughs> much like Isaiah Thomas attacks Jalen Brown. Um, I expect you to come up with something as good as, um, it calling Jalen a microphone when he had his flat top because that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, uh, that's um, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough to top. But uh, I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna give it my best shot. Uh, so back to these bigs because last <laughs> night was just a classic situation here of Daniel Tice was not performing up to um, Brad's expectations now he did have a very very clutch tip in and he did do other things well so i'm not going to say that daniel tice had a bad game daniel tice had a, a nice game or as kendrick perkins calls him theus because <laughs> god bless perk he just doesn't know sometimes um uh but from all I, what i could see from perk like everybody loved perk on the broadcast but anyway it was very fun i was i was watching from home it, it, perk on the broadcast was a good time i i really if if perk can go voice like um gps directions like i would love to have him <laughs> like just plug in the directions like in the in the perk drawl with the yeah uh uh Take your next right, uh, merge like that. Like I want perk. Like that's that perk can be like make a million dollars just doing that. So uh, yeah. Then yep. uh, okay. the, the Celtics could actually use perk in the game because Tice Tice not playing well. Uh, you know he he screws up a closeout. He's out of the game. Cantor's kind of not playable in that situation. Now Grant becomes super, super, super important with Rob out, with Poirier out. Uh, it, it just becomes like, it, it, I'm impressed that Grant, I mean, he has to know like, all right, here's the situation. I'm going to get called on here as a rookie. I mean, he's just so mature. Like there's, there's no pressure there uh, for him, he just goes out and just like, okay, this is the job I got to do. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, 
like we, we knew that this was going to be a we knew that this was going to be an issue. We we knew the Celtics bigs were gonna you know we're gonna have struggles. We knew that um you know that that there were going to be nights where Tice was was going to have you know real problems. We knew there were going to be nights where Cancer was borderline unplayable. And and I think the big unknown was whether the Celtics you know rookies um you know and that includes Poirier obviously um you know Poirier Grant all of them um whether they would be able to contribute in those moments and i think we i think it's safe to say it's been a really mixed bag so far um you know just grant had a really nice night against dallas but you know he's had other games where he's really struggled and obviously the defensive lapses are 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 real at times and you know (laughs) boy ray's barely been able to get on the court canter's been pretty much as advertised but i think um you know as far as the rookies go you know we still don't really have an answer um because as good as grant was last night like, how would you feel about him in a playoff series right now? Like, I, oh, I don't yeah. think I, I would be comfortable. And like, right. th- and and obviously, there's a lot of time to go before then. That's kind of I, I think that we're going to see a lot of of Grant, you know, going forward, even if the other guys start coming back, because I think you know Brad needs to start preparing for the eventuality that you know maybe you're going to need Grant like in a playoff series, and he's got a long way to go before he's ready for that, and like any rookie would. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting, and I think that we'll see you know, kind of what he has over the next like week or two here, which, which will be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to hopefully have more fun after the break as we wrap up the show. <laughs> Hang on. I got, I got one real quick thing to say about perk as a GPS, oh. um, him, uh, having him like, well, like if you made the right turn, having him be like, nice, nice, <laughs> nice, that would yes. be electric. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm a little afraid of Perk. I'm not afraid of many people. Perk, I think, would be like, uh, he's a little intimidating. So I want to propose this, but I'm afraid <laughs> of what might happen if I do. So, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Mike Zarin tweeted last night that, uh, that he's happy that everybody's seen like the, the side of Perk that all the Celtics saw, which was, you know, the, the big happy guy where everybody on the court, you always saw like the big scowl. Yeah. All that yeah, stuff. yeah. And like Zarin was saying, like, nah, like he's, this is how he was every day at practice. I'm glad everybody's getting a chance to see this side of him. So well, that's good. Yeah, it'd be that's it'd be good. fun to uh it'd be fun to see more of him on the broadcast. That, well, that's that's what I'm saying. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I can uh, propose this and get five percent of the cut. That's all <laughs> I'm looking for. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. By the way, if you're looking for a last minute uh, fun sports gift for the holidays, you can go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. It's great for all fans. So if you've got a sports fan in your life that you want to buy a gift for, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. And then feel free to search the site for great search and fun sport, great shirts and fun sports games. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. All right, wrapping up the show here. Um, I mean, last night uh, really was... The top three guys, Kemba, uh, Jalen, and Jason. Um, I thought, you know, obviously Kemba, Kemba, like, he he had that stretch to start the season. It was like all slow starts. And then suddenly lately he's like had monster first quarters. Um, it was an interesting game for Kemba where he's like 16 in the first. I think he had, 
what, 12 in the fourth or 14 in the fourth and like nothing in between. So it's like, okay, I did my damage. Uh, I kept the Sinos in this game. You're welcome. And then everyone else do your thing. And then I'm going to come here to close this thing out. Uh, it's in, in really the impressive thing is that he did it driving up against pretty big guys, um, closing out that game, going in and, and drawing contact on Porzingis, uh, was was very impressive. I, I thought it was it was a really uh, a, a very I don't know a, 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 what other word is a synonymous with impressive because <laughs> I said that too many times. Uh, game for Kimball Walker, for sure. Um, I mean, one of my favorite things you know you mentioned him going up against Porzingis. I think one of my favorite things that he does, and it's not it's not a crossover, it's not anything like like that. I just love when he gets downhill against a big man. And the big man is behind him still. And you're like, well, you know, Kemba's not very tall. Like, he could easily get blocked by this big man behind him. But he just contorts his body in midair. He sort of, like, like just kind of, like, almost just, like, sticks his butt backwards and knocks the big yeah. man back away from him. And he just sort of, like, like contorts himself forward in midair again and gets the layup. It's like, that. that's one of those underrated things that, you know, you're like, oh, well, he made a layup. But if you... You know, anybody who's played basketball watches that and is just like, like, that's so hard to do. It's very that hard is, to do. That is an insanely difficult shot. And it's one of the reasons why he's so good. And I thought the other thing that was really impressive about him was like, he struggled a little bit, um, when, when Dallas, uh, you know, ca- kind of came up and blitzed him. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we're going to see a lot, um, you know, in the playoffs against him. Like teams are going to come up and try to take advantage of the fact out of the pick and roll that, you know, he, he's, he's short. Uh, breaking news is that Kemba is short. Um, he can't really see over guys a lot of the time, or, you know, it's, it's harder for him to get a play to get a pass over guys. Um, and, and I thought he did a really nice job as the game went on of sort of speeding up his decisions. The Celtics, you know, didn't necessarily, uh, you know, they changed up the offense a little bit, um, to, to make things a little easier for him. And, and I just thought that that was, you know, that, that's something that the Celtics are going to need to learn how to do before the playoffs roll around to, to really maximize him. And, you know, during the playoffs, they're going to need to maximize him. So, sure. yeah, I thought that was I thought that was an important thing and something that was kind of interesting to see as the game wore on as well. I think that was mostly a function of no Gordon, no Marcus. For um, sure, yes. And, you know, yes. And, and Brad, and I, I tried to see if Brad would bite on the, yes, we we trying to go for like Charlotte Kemba on the, uh, you know, in some of these lineups because it was like, Kemba plus like Romeo Langford's minutes were on the floor with Kemba. Um, you know, he, he's out there with <laughs> Romeo, with Javante, um, it, just really weird lineups. And, and basically I feel like Brad's like, yeah, you're used to playing with a bunch of guys who are like, eh, so go do this, go play with all of our unproven rookies. And like the guy that <laughs> won the 15th roster spot. Uh, <laughs> That's so. a tough that's a tough question for Brad to answer, though, because if he acknowledges that he's saying, like, yeah, you know, Romeo and Javante, they're not very good. So, like, right, it's, right, like, right. It's sort of the implicit part of that question. So, yeah, that's a that's a tough one for a head coach to uh, to, to answer diplomatically. Brad, uh, Kemba's used to playing with a bunch of guys that suck. Is that why you put him out there with a bunch of guys who <laughs> suck? Well, <Yeah>, John, exactly. <laughs> 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 I, I try to answer that. Uh, to, to, to ask that in a way that was kind of tactful, be like, yeah. uh, Kemba is used to being the primary scorer on the floor. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that was, I'm sure a tough one for Brad's like, I I can picture, I wish I had like Brad's internal monologue when I'm asking some (laughs) of these questions. He's like, how the hell do I say this without saying these guys suck? Um, um, but in those moments, yeah, Kemba was the guy and you could blitz him because yeah, you want, you want to give him, have him give it up. But if he's on the floor, obviously you, you can't do that. And, and Kemba said this, you can't do that when he's on the floor with Jalen and Jason because yeah. you swing that twice and somebody's going to get a really bad mismatch. But you put him on the floor with one of those two guys, just like the normal rotation. If if you've got him and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, then you want to blitz Kemba? Sure. Give it up to Marcus. Marcus is one of the best passers on the team. That's going to be a that's going to be a bucket. So go ahead. Uh hopefully the Celtics are healthy for when the playoffs come around, but yeah, yeah he 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 did a, a good job of trying to handle that and the Mavericks did a good job of like getting the ball out of his hands. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised just quick side note is that I wouldn't be surprised if during the playoffs like especially if Kemba's cooking um if, if we saw a team it's just like not that they would make this their like strategy for the game but just like for the odd possession here or there to try to force a turnover or to try to get him out of his rhythm a little bit um that's more what I'm saying is that like we oh, might yeah, see sure. that in, in in little spots here and there and uh yeah if if you know if Kemba can if Kemba can be ready for those and and really uh you know sort of get used to <laughs> Sort of get get used to to passing out of blitzes to players who might actually uh, punish the blitz. Um, I, I think that'll matter quite a bit. Yeah, and I think there are ways to combat that. If you know that they're going to start blitzing, then you can you can kind of attack that blitz with slip screens and and different things, which which I think the Celtics are are yes. very capable of doing. And and they win. I've talked about the horn set a bit where you've basically got two guys on either side of the free throw line with Kemba at the top of the key. Uh, they run that set a lot, um, uh, with Kemba. They ran it a lot last night and that, that set is going to be, uh, a really big way to combat them blitzing Kemba Walker. So, um, you, you set those screens, you slip it. Another guy's there. Um, it, Without getting too technical, I think the Celtics are very well aware that the blitzes are coming and everybody that they play with is good enough to kind of handle that. So um, I I personally, I would say from a Celtics perspective, in, invite it. The more teams blitz, the better, because that just gives them these reps in December and January where – yeah, keep on blitzing, keep on trying, <laughs> especially now because the more you see it now, the better you're able to handle it in the playoffs. So, yeah, keep it coming. Yeah, yeah and that's always the interesting thing about the regular season is just like like yeah, it, you can you might be able to win a game against a team, uh, you know, by by doing a certain uh, you know, a certain play or by like running a certain type of play or running a certain type of defense, but like if you might see that team in the playoffs, do you want to you want to maybe like holster that bullet for or holster that gun for right, right now right. and maybe fire it a little later? Like it's always a, an interesting uh, dynamic for coaches. Yeah, and people don't realize how different playoff basketball is than regular season when you can prepare. Yeah, and have all that time off. I mean, I've said it a million times, but you watch these teams; they play their game, and the Celtics played the Mavericks. They're going to play the Pistons. They're going to play. 
the Cavs and the Raptors and the Celtics are just going to do what they do. And hopefully they do it well enough to beat these teams. But in any kind of series against any one of these teams, if they were to meet up, they obviously would have adjustments and lineup changes. And, you know, so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see what little bits from these regular season games can the Celtics pull out. Okay, this is what we're going to do. If teams decide in the playoffs to blitz us, hey, remember in that Dallas game when we ran this set? We're going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, and, and these guys, NBA players and coaches, like they can just get together and be like, hey, you remember that Dallas game in December? Let's do this. And they'll all be like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that. Boom. And we'll be like, like if it was us, we'd be like, um, let me uh, log on. And yeah. <laughs> go through all of the video. Uh, maybe I can like jog my memory. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to end it. A lot of fun here talking, uh, talking about that Mavericks game. So much more fun, Tom, to have someone else to talk about this game rather than <laughs> honestly, sometimes like three in the morning in my hotel room. I'm just like, what? on earth am I going to say it's funny in that moment I'm like I, I don't even know if I remember what happened in this game like I, get, like, I need to like refresh my memory it just happened I need to refresh <laughs> my memory uh, so this was fun all of you who are a new listener if you're a new listener really hope uh, you enjoyed the show and subscribe you regular listeners uh, thanks for all of your support thanks for all of the five star ratings and good reviews if you haven't given us one of those yet Please do and share the podcast. Tell everybody they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.